Hello and welcome back to the Timeline Astrology Podcast with myself, Gary O'Toole. And this continuation of our Maps of Consciousness series with Kishori. So I'm delighted to have Kishori back on the podcast to talk all about Rahu. After speaking about the Song of Rahu, her epic poem, which hopefully will be out soon enough, we have started going through each of the houses of astrology as a, a map, really, of understanding our consciousness. And so we have reached Rahu in the seventh house in this episode. And it is a, an enlightening conversation with Kishori, as every conversation is. But it really went into places I didn't think it would go, uh, interestingly, and really delved into not just relationships, which is the most obvious expression of the seventh house, but our relationship to everything, anything other. Um, and so I hope you find it interesting. And um, without further ado, here's Kishori. Welcome back, Kishori. Good to have you here. Yes, thank you. So it was a delight. Today, actually, we're going to be talking about Rahu in the seventh and, you know, the other or the apparent mm -hmm. other. <laughs> um, so it's good to kind of connect with you in this way, which is also, interestingly enough, it's very Rahuvian, if that's even such a word, this kind of tech engagement. Oh, I like Rahuvian. Rahuvian. <laughs> we have to coin it, say, coined by Gary O'Toole. Oh, no, I probably came across it somewhere, I'm sure, in my many right. years of reading Rahuvian. Like Rahu, it. and I'm sure somebody has used it somewhere. But the point is, is that because Rahu is, in traditional Indian astrology, it rules Aquarius. And we are, by all accounts, either in or moving into or, you know, in some years moving into the age of Aquarius, which is this kind of tech age. Yes. So that's why some astrologers debate that actually maybe we're already in it or on the cusp of it or whatever. Um, because if you actually look to uh, the eastern horizon at sunrise at the spring equinox, you won't see Pisces where the sun is actually in. You'll see because the sun is blocking Pisces. You can't see right, it. Right. Pisces, what you'll see is Aquarius above it. Right. So in a way, it is a, the dawning of the age of Aquarius in many ways. And what that means is a lot more tech, uh, a lot more engaging in these kinds of ways and wearable tech and things like that. Hope not more passwords. Oh, <laughs> most probably, most probably. The biggest chart ever of all my hundreds of passwords. Oh, dear. Anyway, never mind. I have it now organized, so I, I, I remember them mostly, unless I forget to put them on the chart. But then you should also apparently change your passwords frequently, so that's another issue. I know. Sometimes I do. Yeah. And then there, there are softwares now that allow you to save all of your passwords safely, but you need to have a password for that thing to get into your passwords. I know, so. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> but anyway, I, I was just bringing it up in terms of how we're engaging, how we met actually this way. Yes. We met through technology. If we, we didn't have technology, we wouldn't be able to connect. No, it's right. But we met also because I, I loved the paradoxical nature of the way Rahu is seen. And that's why I started my page on uh, the song of Rahu. I love it. It's like, it, it's like so tricky, you know? You think this is coming, the particular thing, an event, which is very disturbing and annoying and da, 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 da. But actually, it's training me to become much more precise 
you know what I mean? I'm much more focused. And on little little acts in my play, like I'm going to go out now, I have to remind myself, this is going to be a, a journey of an hour and I'm going to see myself. I have Tinkerbell, you see, she runs in front of me, wherever I go, I send Tinkerbell to make sure I've arrived and it's all smooth. And I've lots of other little games I play like that. But <clears throat> it does remind me that I have to be very precise about my intention, not make uh, slapdash assumptions and be, be very, I don't know, very focused, neat and tidy. And that way I, am, I avoid getting into scrapes and crashes and that's just with the car, but with other things as well. Mm. That's interesting. Cause I mean, you, you call it Tinkerbell, but I mean, I do the same. But I don't know if I've ever given it like that kind of imagery or, you know, I do have this sense of kind of pre-paving things, you know what I mean? If I'm going somewhere like because it's, it's true, you have to kind of set your intention. So let's maybe talk about Rahu in terms of the opposite. I'm always playing devil, devil's advocate here. Right. So Rahu in the seventh is usually described astrologically as someone who impulsively jumps into a relationship right. and then gets themselves into all kinds of scrapes, if we put it that way. So someone who hasn't been very uh, focused and, uh, and has made too many assumptions, oh, it's all going to be fine. Or, but yeah. maybe not even thinking that it's all going to be fine. It's not, it's not either way. It's just this person, they feel like pulled towards them and they just jump in, not thinking. Right. No, I have done that, but I must say I'm being, uh, my, my inner being is training me to be much more precise about the experience that I want. Mm. Very precise, not, not, not these uh, uh, assumptions, which if I've got cracks in my, my structure that I don't know about, I've forgotten about, um, which lead me down um, an experience that I would rather not have. So what about then, again, playing devil's advocate, what about then the other side of that, i.e. overthinking it, overthinking anything? I think it's more like my feeling. So I, I, I don't call it thinking when I am choosing that I'm going to have a, an expansive, um, loving, um, beautiful experience. I don't particularly want to have... I mean, I'm getting on a bit, and I don't. I've had, I've done a lot of those kind of adventures, of going potholing and not knowing the way out. I think it's feeling the feeling, the feeling of open, what I call sunny inner weather, expansive. Because if you are in that state of choosing sunny inner weather, you get a beautiful experience. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. It, when your feeling is very. Um, is, is high, as a high, high feeling, then, um, yeah, the difficulties of Rahu it, it, that, that we, we see in it, spoken about in astrology, don't seem to bother so much, don't seem to disturb so much. Because, <clears throat> I mean, if Rahu is anything, he's telling us pay attention. Yeah, I get that more than anything. Yeah, yeah, because I, I feel like since discovering Rahu and, and, with you now discovering it in this way, even more so, I would say, but certainly since discovering it in astrology, 
Um, and because I discovered astrology before I entered my Rahu cycle, I feel like um, it's it goes way beyond just being forewarned about something. I just going consciously into this time of my life has been so helpful. Yes, yes. I just see him really is well in the song. He talk we talk about he is the dark lord who fully knows his own true nature, and I see him as a as a saying, "Pay attention, wake up. You can choose this or that." But wake up. And, and, and so I end up seeing him as magical, as, a, as a ra the radiant lord of darkness. And he's saying, you can go down that pothole if you want, but if you pay attention, you can choose. And it's my, my estate that will make it difficult or, or simple. That praise, the radiant lord of darkness. I need to hold on to that one. He tells me, I am the dissonance at the furthermost reaches of the infinite resonance. Wow, that is so important. Can you say that again? Yes, he says, I am the, I am the dissonance at the furthermost reaches of the infinite resonance. This is so important in terms of now we're talking about Rahu in the seventh and relating to the other. Yes. And how many times I've read charts for people with this position in their chart and they seem to have these really extreme experiences in relationship, like really dark, quote unquote, experiences. Yes, yes. but we don't, we don't have to. I always see that, that it's not for, when we're challenged in that way, and when we have a potential challenge, it's not for our harm, it's for our awakening. Wake up, no, notice what is, what ticking time bombs you've got left in the in your structure that you haven't brought into consciousness. And all Rahu is doing, as far as I'm concerned these days, is making me aware, making me pay attention, making me stop drifting around like, you know, Milly Molly Mandy, just tiptoeing down the primrose path. But be clear, what is your choice? What do you want? What is your, what is your aim? to express the, the magnificence of, of, of life, magnificence that, that I am, is a true nature, or a jumble. And a lot of, lot of the world is very jumbly at the moment. It's, it's, <laughs> but I can, I can transform it just by being awake and going, okay, I'm setting out to go here. This is potentially challenging. What I choose to experience is radiance. Um, and thank you for reminding me. Thank you for making me aware. <clears throat> so it's like he's like a he's a bit like Mercury, you know, like a psychopomp. He's leading the he's leading the way. And he's saying, for goodness sake, open your eyes. Don't, you know, mm. don't just mess around. What do you really want? But of course. So that makes so much sense. And of course, what I hear most of the time with, for example, Rao in the seventh, when I read for someone, mm. um, is experiences like the jumble. All they see is the jumble or the extreme or the overwhelm that they experience in the world. Like it's not even just maybe a partner. It's like just meeting the world in this kind of extreme way that they feel overwhelmed all the time. You see, what I see Rao is, is doing, if you can say he's doing anything, is is 
making aware of the the unintegrated aspects of my inner structure, my own uh, unconscious that has been created from, I mean, it's, 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 it's a, uh, a new male partner. I'm going to have bits that I haven't finished integrating with my father, my ancestors, uh, uh, aspects of the masculine, um, more bringing into consciousness the, the, the potential magnificence of my relationship with the, the, uh, my outer form, with my inner masculine, my focus and direction, my, my clarity, the animus, if you like, the creative. So all, all of it for me is finding the creativity that comes out of my engagement with the Dark Lord. And I've had so many inner adventures in my imagination and it's been revealed. And the, in fact, it was the, the, what I call the Dark Lord who, who supported me in laying down a, a copper piping and crystals underneath this house where I am now. I prepared it all before I came because yeah. I know that there is an instability in, 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 if you look at my, my birth chart, there are instabilities. And I can, I can preempt it by being aware, noticing what happened in my, my family or what I've researched, my, you know, my relationships. I think, okay, that all he's saying is, watch out and I will help you. This, this is my experience. Mm. It, it, I was thinking then as you're speaking, it, it feels a lot like, you know, the movie Harry Potter. <laughs> where Harry Potter is the the dark because you mentioned what's the phrase you use dark yes the the radiance of the dark lord I mean it's Voldemort in in Harry Potter there's a character called Voldemort who is called the dark lord oh yeah I don't know I, I don't know Harry Potter very much but it's basically the, the story of Harry Potter and he's the magician and you can say that's yeah, yeah. the magic of life yeah, yeah. that's the Jupiter um and there's the dark lord which is like the Raho and he even like travels around with this snake yeah. You know, it's very much like a Rahu story. Yes. In many ways. But the thing is, one of the things I got there from you about the unintegrated parts, because I know you talk about Rahu being the, the radical withdrawal of projection. Yes. How, though, can you say, well, how can you, because obviously you can just say it to someone, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to get it, right? Oh, it's like, I get it. Yeah, you're you're my projection, That whatever is triggering me in this moment. Yes. But how do you... Um, integrate that you become really clear well there's various ways that i play with people. Let's, can i just say for maybe for as, a, as an example for a very young person mm. who's going through a rahu type of experience where they're overwhelmed by the world and if we actually draw conclusions from the age of aquarius being very rahuvian and that more and more people being born now are um, on on the autism spectrum Yes. If you could relate to back to and Rahu. Yes, you could, you could. Right? Because <laughs> in one level, it makes it more challenging to stick. But if you actually know what your structure is and you can use it, I have a very good friend who is autistic who has managed to carve out a most beautiful life, taking into consideration her preferences, the places and states that, that give her the best life. You know? Mm. She's. She, she she says I'm odd and, and and but I don't find her odd. I find her very skilled at using her tendencies to autism, and and as she explained how it happened during her childhood, to to create a life that really suits her. Wouldn't suit many people, 
Mm. Yeah. Because I've I've in recent times I've really um realized I've misunderstood autism completely. I mean the kind of the typical view of autism is this, you know, someone who's just not able to socialize for whatever yeah. reason. But the fact of the matter is is that if you listen to autistic people, they talk about actually that that they're actually so sensitive and in tune to what's going on around them and the people around them that it just affects them so much. They just feel overwhelmed by it, which is why they have to go into themselves. My my friend I'm speaking about, she says, I do much better one-on-one, maximum two people, and I've structured my life so that I I can do my my sessions with with one-on-one. And if somebody she doesn't get on with, well, then it's very easy if you're running a, if you're a coach or something, you just kind of, it, it fades away. Mm. You know, the person disappears. You don't have to do big dramas. You can actually just take your attention away and naturally that happens. So you just have to get much more skilled at playing, at recognizing what your tendencies are and, and making sure that the, that you want pleasant um, situations that will actually support you in what you want to play with. You're having a good time. We're meant to be here having a good time, I tell you. This is a playground. Mm. We're meant to be in this world having a good time and and gradually removing the the barriers which say, well, like like, um, the ships. It's the thresholds you have to pay attention to. Even death. We have to pay attention because we are one continuum, but we don't know that. So you have to be really careful. When you're changing gear, notice when you're opening a door with the key, when you're getting in the car and starting it, when you're, every time we change, when the phone rings, these thresholds are so vital. You can't just get being distracted by the phone ringing when something else happens. Just notice, ah, there's a new energy. But that, that makes so much sense. But at the same time, look at where we're at now where and where we're going in terms of this age of Aquarius of yeah. this more and more and more distraction, more and more tech, wearable tech, where we're just constantly bombarded. Well, we just have to take, we have to see ourselves becoming more and more and more precise and clear about the experience. And it's not so much thinking, it's planning the feeling. How do I want to feel? in this experience? Do I want to end up more jumbled in my psyche or clearer and more um, more integrated, more expression of my magnificence? Mm. And that just takes reflection. And as you, you said about the seventh house, you said about um, uh, people jumping in mm. and just I guess assuming it's going to, well, we all want something nice. We don't want, you know, we don't want to deliberately go into challenges. Although people do, they like to climb Everest or go, go potholing. Or... Yeah, but that's the thing. You can see people who might, you could say, um, you know, jump into a relationship that they know consciously, actually, rationally, this is probably not a good idea, but I just cannot help myself. Yeah, then, then, then it's really, really important that you pay attention and you clear in advance. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I do is about um, clearing old, old tendencies, noticing, noticing there is only there is only the heart. There isn't 
there isn't the dark and the light. I mean, it's all part of the of a seamless garment, if you like. It's all a continuum. But if you're not awake, you can be tossed around like a little, uh, I don't know, little coracle on a wild ocean. But if you are clear, centered, and have made your choices, what, what do I want to feel in this? And feeling is such a precious grace that we have. It's really amazing when you're really centered and you, 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 you are clear about what you want to experience. Don't want to experience being tossed hither and thither, unless it's a, I don't know, a temporary thing on a, I don't know, merry-go-round or a, something like that. Mm. But, but who on earth really wants to live their life being tossed around all over the place? Not consciously, but you don't have to. If you, if you wake up and all of, the, all of the direction we're getting at the moment is wake up, what do you really want? Do you really want that? Mm. What do you want? What, wake up. It's a, it's a planet of choice. We are in a, a planet, a state, a state of being able to choose so that consciousness is fully, mm, it's fully assuming responsibility for its own direction but not in a controlling way, but in a choiceful way. I, I, the image that I had when you were speaking there about uh, was a roller coaster. Yeah. And actually, people yes. do enjoy roller I love roller coasters, but like living in a roller coaster for, you know, permanently, uh, permanently is, yeah, it's exhausting. But I can, no, but I can see why. And I have to admit, I have really enjoyed the last many years of Rahu. And it has been a roller coaster because my life, Prior to that was quite boring, I have to say. That's it. You know, <laughs> as well as the, the, the judgment, when we judge that it's wrong in our mind, when we're really clear that you can enjoy it and you're not in resistance to it because you've set out to have an experience like this, then mm. fine, there's no, there's no difficulty. The one thing is being split when we say, oh, this is happening and I, and I don't want it. And then there's a resistance. And then we create all sorts of complications, stagnation. Um, well, you can imagine. It's simply the lack of being at one. But if you actually want to go to a fairground and get on a roller coaster, or you're happy to just for a while let it unfold. But anything can happen then, anything. And there are lots of things I would actually prefer not to happen, having experienced quite a bit in my life <laughs> right well, and that's exactly why somebody with Rahu in the seventh perhaps would you know maybe get lucky jumping into a relationship but oftentimes not because they, they attract maybe someone who's just not good for them I mean I can tell you plenty of stories of people with Rahu in the seventh who've had these kind of um I think the the term is gaslighting experiences where yes, 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 you, know, yes. you know the term yeah so it's like yeah. someone just making them feel crazy yeah you know I mean, that's the term they would use that they they make you feel crazy and i've i've had that experience in the past as well in a relationship so i'm very familiar with it where someone who is like rahuvian in nature but is you're obviously your un, unintegrated parts making you feel like you're crazy it's it's when you when you set out to feel it and know it and explore it and know that you can choose otherwise when it gets too much. You're, you're integrated, you're at one, you're in yoga. But when you are fighting against yourself, you're not in yoga. 
and living when you're not in yoga, whatever the experience might be, is, is crazy. I mean, if you want a challenge and you want a, a merry-go-round for a day or two, fine. But you really have to be, you have to be the, the keeper of the carousel. And I'm sure that is what consciousness is looking for, is moving towards, is expressing. I mean, imagine if the planets all went all over the place. Well, if they all went retrograde. At diff- <laughs> but they seem to be chaotic. That's the thing. There seems to be a chaos. But then when you start actually looking, reading the patterns, there is always an order to the chaos. The plan, it's a, there's, there's, a, there's an underlying pattern hmm. to the chaos when you can look more deeply. This life becomes extraordinary when you when you start getting that clarity. You can have whatever you want. It's the kind of experience you want. And and I see Rahu is 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 a he's a leader. He's a, he's giving you moments when you to wake you up. It's like the bell ringing. You know, come on. What do you want? Chaos or an organized chaos? Or I mean, I mean doesn't matter what experience you have as long as you're not a house divided wow that's so powerful that means that i mean i've been living that but when you say those words where we're just not taught that you know and when i see someone who's young or younger than myself going through the chaos i mean i i I guess i don't have those words or as eloquently as you would pose to them and i'm just wondering is there a way I mean, I know that hand on heart for me, I've been using that, by the way. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think it's really helpful to people, mm-hmm. people who are in these kind of chaos uh, situations. Um, is, I mean, is that what it comes down to when someone is in it because they cannot even contemplate anymore, like mentally, they're just shot. And yes, and the, men, the mental chaos is, is really scary at times for, for many people. And putting your hand on your heart brings you into a state of coherence. If you just practice, even just taking a breath and hand on heart and waiting, taking that breath, it means that you, you're able to witness what's going on and go, okay, now what do I choose? Do I jump back into the raging ocean again? Or do I, would I like a bit of calm sea so I can get my breath? And it's our choice. There's nothing wrong with going on a roller coaster if that's what you want. Mm. But, but, I mean, I must say, Having done a lot of roller coastering when I was younger, I'm I I do prefer a quiet sea these days. Yeah, likewise. But I I have to say, I have been challenging myself more and more over the last few years in trying to be in that calm sea on that calm sea in a storm. But yes, being able to be like 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 Jesus in the boat, just saying, "Peace, be still." And that hand on heart is taking you into a a different frequency. Hmm. Did I tell you about, I I think we had this conversation before about the headless way, Douglas Harding, the philosopher. Yeah. Yeah. So that for me, when I discovered that, which wasn't coincidentally in a Rahu Ketu period, the opposite of Rahu Ketu, you know, both been really active and Ketu being the headless part of the dragon or the snake. And that's when I discovered it. And that was just so profoundly peaceful and settling. And it was, I, I found my stillness and I didn't, I realized I didn't actually have to go look for it. It's there. And it was there in an instant. But what was funny for me is again, I'm speaking to you now online on the camera, I'm looking at you and I'm seeing only your head. 
and we were doing these online they do these online groups this headless way do these online groups yes. online yes. <laughs> do you know what i'm saying it's so funny so it's actually for me and that's the question i asked the group actually how can you experience that headlessness when we're all talking heads you know and and of course the answer came back you know obviously simply you're just observing the image but it is still you know incorporated into this kind of open awareness right i used to think about it like um the tower of babel and uh, all of a sudden everything is all up in the air all blown to smithereens the the the, the big bang if you like and it's all over the place and to bring it back into some some sort of coherent state you just have to move your attention to a different frequency because thinking as you talk about overthinking and that's where the the danger of overthinking comes because you've forgotten the feeling the heartful space the heart field and to be able to make a choice in the midst of chaos i mean look at what's going on in the our poor world i mean it's like we seem to be living through another big bang it's all up all up for grabs my understanding is that we need more people or more uh, more reflections to bring their attention to the coherence of the heart field and then what seems to be completely other becomes a reorganization that's going on it's not it's not total wild nothing you know blown to smithereens yeah it just feels so obviously it feels and it, it it just makes sense and it is just it works for those listening and for myself who who's tried to work this out in my head a lot over the years uh, and it has helped but until I actually put my hand on my heart and just still myself in there or I, I practice the headless way whatever it is it was just whatever brought me to that stillness I think it once you get it it stays with you forever yes and then it's your choice whether to go on swimming in the chaos or to be out of the storm to be able to have the power of a of a christed one stand on the boat and say peace be still hand on heart and you'll go to a complete different frequency and it becomes more powerful and more accurate the more you practice it mm. so every single time you make a choice to move attention from the chaotic state to a coherent state and you, you implement that it the power your power to make a choice in the midst of potential disaster becomes clearer and stronger and more focused and we are going to need that or we sort of I don't know about need but <laughs> it's required to bring um our world into well a new expression Mm. The, the the thought I had there about that is how the other side of, you know, you talked about being integrated in the jumble and the overwhelm, but the other side of that being in yoga and that fearlessness. Yeah. When you know that you can, because you've practiced it, bring what seems to be total disaster into order, into coherence, and the sun comes out, when you know that because you've practiced it, you've trained your mind to see that it's completely possible, then, then there is so much less fear. Fear is gone when you know that you 
have the power to put your finger on the button and say stop well wow, that is so powerful for people to hear and for me to hear and i feel like i need to just pause for a second now yeah like i've had experiences where i've had glimpses of that but in kind of like in the story board like kind of you know, for example, that relationship I had years ago that was literally gaslighting me. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it did something for me that I didn't know at the time it could possibly do. And it created this, it just, it just blew up all my fears, you know, and it's kind of like, well, if I could get through that and come out intact, I can do anything, you know, because I, I knew I was able to like integrate all of that. Eventually I did. And that's what's so interesting when you say you had a, a relationship with a gaslighter person it's it's like a it's a real gift and is the dark lord he is the that is role himself and if you really pay attention you will be awakened fully like you say the fear is gone mm -hmm. i know now uh, even if i don't fully know what i what i want to experience i know i want peace order clarity and the ability to choose and if you train your mind to, to root in the heart field, your mind becomes illumined. You train yourself to be a space of illumination for yourself and the radiance around you for others, for apparent others, is, is enormous. And so we are, we, are, we are lifting ourselves, if you like, by self-training, by training the mind. The mind, the mind is so useful when it's rooted in the heart. When it's not rooted, then you go into this overwhelm and overthinking. Overwhelm is a really horrible state to be in. Yeah. You can take yourself out of overwhelm. And if it's, if it's a serious, uh, heavy tendency to overwhelm, to, to have a, a to-do list of so many thousand things a day, you know, that kind of thing, and be spinning, then it's totally uncomfortable. If you're going to be a coherent, integrated, embodied, uh, illumined and, and energy for yourself and others. And then training yourself to move beyond anything that mind thinks is given, to know whatever mind thinks, you root the mind in the heart and you know something different. And it has to become not just glimpsing it, but gradually so that it's, it's your state, it's your natural state with that simplicity and, and okay. So once there's coherence, you can make clearer choices. Hmm. I think it's such an important thing for people to hear. And for myself, looking back at my life in the struggle to achieve that, overly focusing on the struggle, the actual process, it was always about the process, whether I need to sit for an hour or I need to do yoga for two hours or, you know, always to get to that space. But then when you take those props away and you take my, myself out of the yoga room, throwing myself back into life, not able to actually maintain that okay. more and more, obviously over the years, you can get a sense of centeredness, obviously in any practice, but it wasn't until, like I said, again, until I, uh, came across the headless way where it was like instantaneous so it didn't matter yeah. what kind of chaos was out there i was able to remain still exactly that 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 is what we are we are being drawn to either quickly or slowly or or, or you know screaming and resisting or being drawn into our true state 
Oh, you just raised you just raised a a really important question for me when you say quickly or slowly, because let's talk about the other side of Raho, which is something like hallucinogens or drugs or yes. some altered state or trance yes. induced by something or other. Yes. Is that because you you'll hear some people say in the spiritual community that it's kind of like an unearned enlightenment. I've heard that phrase. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You haven't sat for hours and hours for years and years to gain this kind of enlightenment you just took a pill or you took a whatever but you know my dear if that's not embodied it's like getting a contact high off something you know it has to be embodied so it becomes your knowing or your glimpsing of or having an experience has to become embodied innate solid you know because if it's if you if you have it, it's a pill or a, a, a substance of something, there's nothing wrong with that, you make your choice, but, but if, if you give your power away to a drug or anything, you know, thou shalt not have false gods before me. So what is it? Is it ecstasy that's the power? Is it ayahuasca that's the power? No, I am the power. There's only the I that we all are, the I that is we, and that is that thou shalt not have false gods. So it's not, oh, how am I going to manage without my next fix and all my next, you know? It's, it's so important for me to hear and for, I'm, I'm sure, many people to hear because, you know, this. there is a, a huge, like, movement now towards taking things like ayahuasca. And I'm not, I'm not saying this now to put that down because I haven't taken it personally and I, I don't want to say that. But at the same time, it seems to me that if you're relying on whether you call it the spirit of the medicine or whatever, or a substance of any kind or another or a practice or a teacher or whatever to get you there, you're always going to be reliant on that. And it's always actually very unpredictable as well, it seems to me. That's that's exactly right. So training yourself, whatever you choose to do, if you have a curiosity and you want to play with with any substance, you, you are the Lord of your life. You're the sovereign. So you can. But you need your failsafe. Thou shalt not have false gods before me. Your tent pole, the the you know the the aleph, the the I am. And that's what we are here. One of the things we're here to discover, to 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 enjoy and to play and to explore. But to to see, oh, it's all me. It's it looks like it's ayahuasca, but it's me. I made that choice. You know, and gradually we become uh, awakened, enlightened, and it becomes innate. It's always, you don't need a, a guide or this, that. You can have them. Can we say then, therefore, that actually, where that, whatever it is, the ayahuasca or the lover or whatever it is, it's just a conduit for that. And actually, maybe you do need that ayahuasca or the lover or whatever. You choose it as an expression. Once you establish yourself, in your your temple, your your state, uh, that state of being steady, calm, still in a weather. You can cho- choose to go on your roller coaster. You can choose if it feels good to you. But your inner knowing will always tell you uh, when you train yourself to put your hand on your heart and go, okay, would this be? And you don't know sometimes when you step on a slippery slope, like like Rahu says. It's a slippery slope, <laughs> but it's only one place. You know what? The only thing we are moving towards, 
whether it's quickly or slowly, uh, we are evolving into what we already are, which is the, the infinite source of all. And that's ultimately what we are. But to know that and embody it and fully, fully embrace your own nature as creator, as source of your life. And your life is your experience, what you choose. And sometimes it's hit and miss. Yeah, but sooner or later, you can establish yourself in with your, your, your tent pole, holding your tent up. You, the I, the, what you really, really are in yoga, in union. Doesn't mean you can't have wild experiences and, and, and you know, uh, go through a hurricane and climb Everest and, or, or, or similar things in relationship. You know, and actually, does it mean that it might benefit you from doing those now and again to just kind of test your center? If you choose, but if you are somebody that's going to trigger you into a psychotic episode, it's really important to know your structure until you have integrated. Is just to say, well, I might end up in a psychiatric hospital for ten years or something. You know, I probably mm. not, but 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 to be really aware. What do I want? And most the human beings I've known want uh, joy, which is the highest state, pleasure, delight, beautiful things. Doesn't mean you can't have a oh, go and watch a horror movie. Uh, me personally, I can't. It freaks my nervous system now to watch anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, I know what you're saying because actually I used to watch a lot of horror movies when I was young and I just cannot watch them anymore. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, well, actually, is that a good thing though? I mean, because like my nervous system cannot handle that. Perhaps then therefore I should actually expose my nervous systems to a little bit of that. Like food as well is another thing where I've cut out sugar completely. If you give me a candy bar now, I'll go haywire. Yeah, then 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 remove the should. Go to the state that you want to be in. Mm. Everyone will know that. What kind of state do I want? Do I want to be whirling around on a, a, a merry-go-round for a while? Or, or do I want my, my peace, my calm, my yoga? Like you're moving, sit on your ball now in your... your <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm just shifting position. <laughs> <laughs> so you made a choice. So something came into your body that you knew you had to, you wanted to change. Mm. Yeah. So being open to impulse is not is, is 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 okay because if you hadn't, you might have said, "Oh, be quiet, buddy. I've got to sit here because I'm being and I'm interviewing and I shouldn't be moving around." And all these shoulds and noughts go to your state and express from that state, being available to your to your impulse. I mean, you know, I call I call my yoga that I do is Kayala yoga. Remember I told you what Keala was, hmm. the, the impulse, um, uh, whim or fancy, and it's a word in Bengali. <clears throat> and I just love the word Keala because it's a, you know, like that, the butterfly, um, the, the crooked flight of the butterfly. <laughs> and then, you know, that poem, um, well, now the butterfly, the cabbage white, <laughs> it's crazy idiosyncrasy of flight. Well, never now, it is too late master the art of flying straight it, you know it's <laughs> it's it's actually totally okay but when you give away your power to circumstances and do not know that you absolutely have the power to bring yourself back 
to your center, to your choice in full power, then, then uh, you're a house divided. And living here in, as a house divided is, well, it's uncomfortable to say the least. The image I get now, because it's it's interesting to me how this conversation has developed, because I, I thought initially, oh, it's just going to be talking about the other and integrating the other, and there is no other anyway, but it's kind of become this sort of, it's not just a person, it could be a substance, it could be the world out there, whatever, it's integrating it all. But let's let's go down this route for a minute. When you say house divided, because a very common expression of Rahu in the seventh would be divorce. Yes. Right. And then a second marriage, maybe even a third. Right. And and this constant division and it's them or whatever. And then you, not recognizing the common denominator oftentimes, obviously. Yes. yes. How when you if you speak to someone who's having those issues about, you know, not settling, shall we say, in a relationship? Well, it's time for actually integrating what we would call perhaps the shadow, the shadow sides, the aspects of ourselves that we haven't yet are integrated, discovered or integrated. And so they go on under the surface like ticking time bombs. And when the time comes for it to explode, if we haven't actually started exploring the shadow, which is one thing I would recommend to anybody, Rahu, no Rahu, no house, any house, doesn't matter. Notice, notice what the tendencies are to, to, um, to wreck something <clears throat> that you consciously want differently is moving in two directions at once and when you have not taking a uh, cognizance of there are aspects of you that you are not aware of uh, unintegrated and they will be seen in partners in in a in a parent um in, in, a, in a friend um mostly with parents or uh, siblings and children and 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 partners because because there's all that skin contact, you know, that domesticity. And so it brings up what you've embodied that you haven't yet seen and integrated. So, so if anyone said to me, well, what would you rather choose to live a life of chaos? But, but unchosen chaos. I mean, okay, the disruption is, is sometimes absolutely necessary because we have this, this, this stagnation of what we call, <clears throat> I, I often call it seraphon shit. It's like, you don't know what's going on underneath, but on the top, you put a smile and, you know, like smile and smile and be a villain. <laughs> but there's no villain out there. It's our own villainy inside that we haven't integrated. And it's only a villain because it's not included. Otherwise it's just power. You know, that is what I learned from that relationship years ago that if I didn't, and it was like a 10, 11 year relationship of like, you know, this gaslighting experience that until I actually integrated it and I wasn't consciously doing it, that's the thing. Nobody came around and told me, this is how you're going to have to integrate this experience. Now this, this person is your shadow. No, it just, it just happened eventually because it just has to after some time. But one of the things you said there about consciously wanting something different, what I find reading for clients a lot is especially with people Rahu in the seventh or vice versa Rahu in the four, uh, first maybe they, they they don't consciously want that and it seems that they sabotage the relationship oftentimes and as soon as you say that word sabotage they're like oh, their kind of eyes open and then they think oh well, actually maybe I did in a way 
You know, yeah. it's like if you jump into a relationship, but on some level, it's just, you know, it's not right for you. And you might like syrup on shit, think it's fine, but deep down you don't think it's really fine. And then you actually start sabotaging it by doing things you're not consciously doing, but that no. wrecked the relationship. You know, I'm just, just reminding me of years ago and something would go wrong, right? Go wrong, whatever we want to take would be anything. And I would go, oh, how's that happening? And there would be this huge laughter from within. And I remember seeing sometimes faces laughing as if, as if the, the inner Lord or the inner dark Lord was enjoying, really enjoying it going wrong. That kind of, so subtle. I don't have it now. I don't have that experience hmm. because but I don't know. I must have integrated or not noticed or spent such a long time with it. But something would go wrong, and there would be a pleasure. Something was laughing, you know, like the Dark Lord having a laugh. Yes, just saying, okay. It, it's like, are you going to wake up and be savvy? You're going to be a savant. You're going to be a knower. Or are you going to be a, a leaf in the wind? What do you want? I think that's where the fearlessness comes from as well, from my experience as well, because it's like when you realize actually that it, yeah, it is dark, but it's just a game. When there's no other, when you really realize what does that mean? I mean, it trips off the tongue so easily. Oh, well, there's no other. Okay, how did that happen? I did it. I did it. Mm. The gaslighter didn't do it. I did it. Mm. And I'm making myself vulnerable or experiencing my tendency to stupidity or, or allowing another apparent other to control my life. But we are here to wake up, to become uh, fully awake, illumined, embodied, in, innately enlightened. We are here. We're moving on that journey. And you know what? It's absolutely a foregone conclusion that sooner or later, that state is the state we've we've come from and we will return to so whether it's this life or some other life, and there only is this life at the moment i mean it's becoming clearer and clearer and it's what do you really want do you want to let the world spin around and spin you around are you going to be the the keeper of your carousel are you going to be the one that that um is the x factor in your life whatever that might mean to you. Mm. It's your choice. I mean, what, what these people spend centuries or lifetimes or years getting enlightened. And what does it mean? It means to be in, to be the source of your, to recognize that you are the source of your own experience. And the way forward is through the heart field, is to establish your mind in the heart field doesn't mean that nothing ever uh, challenging uh, ever happens of course it does but you want to be able to to go out into this this world with a a ship that doesn't leak or if you find the leaks to mend them to be able to to, to operate through your life Oh, you, you, it's amazing how you, the, the words you use I mean it's it's always so surprising to me that you haven't studied astrology you know, I could rhyme off words for Rahu and, and, but you, you're doing the same. And you, when you learn them in astrology, you learn things like Rahu has no boundaries, for example, 
and it's mm. all about energy leaks and all this and like mm. and all these phrases we use in our modern I didn't know that you see it's lovely I enjoy you know what I mean you, tell me. you do know it yeah That's I know good it. point like you do know it but like you don't have the astrology language but you have the language right but astrology is like we said at the beginning we started talking about maps of consciousness and astrology is a beautiful map of consciousness but it's the map this is the key thing I keep thinking about as since we started talking, because in astrology, we get so focused on the map, we confuse the map with the experience. Exactly. And, and then don't even look at the experiencer. Yes. And, and if you look at the language of, of uh, Advaita Vedanta, like you, you, are, you are the source and you're the experiencer and you are, you know, you're all of these things. But it's, it's, a, it's a concept for most people. You actually have to make it innate and the, the 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 task is to or the or the, uh, the the game if you like is to embody that fully to have to have nothing nothing that could that could phase you nothing that you are all the things that you hear in the, in the stories and the myths the legends the, the the bible stories or the stories in 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 a, in a vedic teaching it's it's like you want to be able to be able to be to be like the Rishi that can open his hand and go, you want Jasmine? Here, I've got it in my hand now. Anything. And when you know the frequencies of the whole world, or the whole of existence, you know yourself to be everything. This is the ultimate. Even if you don't know it innately, you know it to be true because there's a resonance in you when I say that. And we're all... We all are moving towards the, the knowing, the understanding, the clarity. It must be so. Everything has to be. You can't be a little bit conscious. You have to move to allow the full spectrum presence of everything. And, 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 a, and a great yogi will have power over anything, life, death, anything. Because anything is just the, the hologram, the holographic experience that you're having, that we are having all of us. So there is absolutely nothing to be scared of, ultimately, because fear is the lowest, the lowest vibration of all. And what you want is joy, pleasure, delight, laughter, think, ah, ah. And yes, play hide and seek at times with yourself. Hide and seek is a great game. You pretend you don't know, but you do know, because you are it. All of us are already it. Now you, you bring up a really an interesting thought in my mind now about pleasure and when if we throw rahu into the mix into the seventh house again because i'm keep framing everything astrologically that's what i do right yeah 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 <laughs> so, no, i like it <laughs> so we could say someone is addicted to being in a relationship mm -hmm. addicted to the other obsessed about the other mm. right and where you could say then pleasure, yes, but what about addiction? Yeah. When, when you talk about, um, because I think the way you use the word pleasure is different to how many people might use it. Uh, yes, yes, it is. Because the sensual pleasure, that's, that's one level of it. And it depends. We all go through all these different layers of, 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 of consciousness. And, and people, when, when I first started looking at... Uh, terms in, uh, I don't know, maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago, and the new age terminology was like the, the um, level confusion. 
you have to know what the rules are of the country that you're in or the layer that you're in. And if that's the layer you want to be in, you operate according to those things. If you try to operate, um, oh God, you know, I remember listening to um, Paul Tuttle, uh, who channeled Raj, uh, who apparently had written The Course in Miracles. I mean, this is just stories, all stories, but yes, they are all real at one level, at the level you choose. But he said, he said, yes, obviously you, you're all empty space and it's all known with um, quantum physics. But he said, until you actually make that innate, don't sit on a thumbtack. You know? Mm. So yeah, we can all fly in our imagination, but until we've got to that level that can levitate like a St. Francis of Assisi, because he was in such bliss and joy, that his body lifted off the ground and other few saints have done the same, have allowed the same. And we allow that state to become embodied and real. He really had embodied that state of absolute pristine joy. But we want to experience it all. And as Shakespeare says, we, we, we come here to experience it all. So we know that all of these states just thinking in terms of the issue with Rahu oftentimes is is that you get lost in the other or the experience and forget about the experience er yes exactly yeah because I want to bring up one more point maybe before we wrap it up and I think a really important point and my experience of Rahu where it has challenged me more than any anywhere else and that is this concept of leaks that you mentioned about energy leaks and about how I mean how can I, I don't even know if that makes sense, really. Yes. When you think about, is someone, like, stealing my energy? Like, what, what's going on there? I mean, how can they steal my energy? You're giving it to them, obviously. You, you, right? are, you are allowing it to happen. Right. Because some part of you, maybe not in alignment with your conscious mind, is wanting or is desiring to master that experience, to experience it, and then to integrate it. So integrating means you're no longer desire to go through that experience and feel helpless and feel you know giving it yourself away this is something it's really important for me to hear because it's something that i haven't fully integrated yet and let's face it i haven't quite finished with rahu <laughs> and i'll never be finished with rahu of course but one of the issues that i have and the way i manage it is people um i perceive people of course mm -hmm. it's me doing it all uh, i perceive people as overstepping the mark i understand you know yeah. what i'm saying right and yeah, yeah. i've had it in extremes over the many years where yes. people have really overstepped the mark and i'm like how could you do that but and i've realized that that's me and i haven't really clearly defined the mark first of all if, if you have not yet got to the point of of deciding well actually i don't really want this anymore and making a choice noticing what's happening and making that that choice and the heart communication process that I, I play with a lot and the heart merging, knowing this is all, this person is simply the heart. What is it showing? What am I? And, and that's an understanding, but going to feeling the heart frequency in you, uh, in your body, in your own structure and noticing and merging with the heart structure in another, in apparent other. And there's that little gestalt process that I, play with that I've there are many many more games that you can play to help with the coming into 
in into full uh, illumined embodied awareness and playing that knowing that that person is you have a, the unfinished conversation but when you take it to the heart it is completely dissolved i remember once in many years ago uh, a client and and we i did rather longer processes with people than sometimes several hours <clears throat> and she discovered uh, she was doing something with her father she discovered that in an inner experience that he had abused her but she went right through it merged the heart with him and and it took her into what she called her her portal of of enlightenment and so she never in the on the ordinary level she didn't actually have to go through the pain of discovering and then uh, she condensed it all into those hours but you can practice this process of merging at the heart is one of the one of the games that i use experiences processes mm. whatever you want to call it that i play with taking any situation that makes you feel uncomfortable powerless lost overwhelmed insecure and takes you into those those levels of fear that i am not in control i'm not in charge well the the, the conscious mind is not really in charge but the whole of you is the integrated you and all of these projections that we see onto other we we see in other people they have to be integrated so there has to be a a choice between every single time you experience one of these lesser vibrations lesser frequencies that you know you have to do a heart merge with that person or that object i'm playing with my new washing machine at the moment and it sounds very incongruous but <laughs> It, it it's so fancy that I can't do anything with it. It's so, uh, and I said, oh, I wish I'd never bought this thing. And then I started to laugh because I have to find a way. So I started doing a little merging process with the things that I liked and enjoyed and da, da, da. And there's no point in kicking the computer screen when, when, when something, when there's a, a virus or something, you have to see what's going on or what the program is what is underneath. And so we have to constantly be practicing uh, Atma Vichara or, or self-inquiry. It's the way to live. Whatever you see going on around you, you have to be curious and excited and interested. And if you get into, um, uh, let's say things like overwhelm or fear, then you, it's better, better to lift yourself to being angry, even blaming, doesn't matter what, because the feeling of of, of anger or experience of anger is much more alive than the feeling of, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm gonna sit here in the garden and eat worms. I don't know what to do. And, and then beyond that, I mean, there are, there are people who've researched and put them into categories, but we know that joy, joy and bliss. When I say pleasure, I suppose it's like, um, what is it? In the four yogic flowers, we talk about um, um, dharma, artha, kama, and moksha, kama and moksha, right? So kama would be the, the, the pleasure, but we are here in a body. We're not here just to imagine. We like to taste the raspberry. We like to stroke the skin. We like to, we like to you know, whatever it is, we have to engage with it. So, so pleasure and joy, I mean, joy in the body, what is it? It's feeling of delight and pleasure, sensations of bliss. There's a fine line between it all, you know? 
It's like, you know, when someone has this, you know, you could say ad addiction for something or whatever it is, it's, it's the swinging back and forth. Like you say, the all or nothing with Raho, where you're trying to prevent yourself from eating that thing. And then you gorge. Now there's no point in trying to prevent yourself. Right. Eat, that's the point, right? Eat it. And then, but at the same time as eating it, start uh, an inquiry. Hmm. But, but don't bother to say, I'm never going to eat cream cakes or chocolate again, or I'm never going to have whatever it is again. It's stupid. You're not going to get anywhere because you're going to go on being a divided house. So eat it and then inquire what it is that you are powerless about. Because addictions is giving your power away to a substance or a piece of food or another person or... Can I, can I give, that's so good. I mean, can I give you another example, my own example, uh, again, about my tendency with, let's again use the example of Rahu being this boundaryless state where there's no clear boundaries. And what I tend to do, because what I've experienced in the past was, again, perceiving that my boundaries were trampled, I would then really put them strongly in place, like put up a picket fence and say, this is the boundary. So for example, timing, when I do readings, I'm like almost anal about it. Like it's an hour and a half, right? But the thing is, I almost like really enforce that so much sometimes that sometimes it's like, again, this all or nothing. Sometimes I lose that grip. And then sometimes when, and I, I try to open up and just be, you know, just allowing and just wait for it, you know, just to kind of finish in its own good time. Because I just trust that this must now finish. But then the, the person will, it's like that saying, give an inch and they take a mile. So if we look at the world as being our womb wall, our first boundaries were the womb, the container, and we're shaped by that, and, and the birth process. It gives us particular embodied um, boundaries or, or lack of boundaries or whatever. <clears throat> and we have these, um, this womb wall. The whole world is imprinted on your, let's say you're a little blastocyst at, at, uh, and made into a, a body and then emerges the whole world around you becomes your womb wall, the people, the objects, the things, the experiences, and your womb expands. You want boundaries like skin. I always used to talk about container like skin. And then if something is not um, clear, embodied in the actual physical body, to explore that and state very clearly, I wish, because you're what I call the inner file manager, <laughs> that inner part that knows when you say that's what I want and they go well, how did it happen that 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 because you asked for it but you have to be really clear about what you want about your boundaries and go okay I want this to happen seamlessly I don't want to be sitting in my head thinking is it half past 10 now and should I do this and, you mm -hmm. know what's it matter five minutes more or less it only matters when the the, the clarity about it and I know because I've ex explored um, uh, pre and perinatal experiences and, um, and, and all of that birth process because it shapes you. And so you think, okay, so how am I going to explore my boundaries and why are they like this and how can I make it different? It's not by control. Nothing is ever by getting in your head and going, right, I'm going to put an alarm on it. It might be that you choose to do that. But ultimately, if what you want is to be uh, steady and flexible at the same time. That is um, so 
amazing, first of all, because it's, it's oftentimes my experience of it as well. I mean, it just happens naturally that it just naturally comes to this conclusion at this time frame that I've set an intention for. Mm. A lot of the time, that's actually how it does. And you're right. As soon as I start to try and control it more, it just kind of falls apart at some point. Yes, because the mind can't control. Mind in separation from the embodied heart, it has to be in the heart field, and that heart field has to be embodied. So our bodies have to become the, the body of the heart, the whole of our body. So we've got, you know, some, some wounds or some damage or some bit that doesn't function properly. We have to find this way of encountering them with, with love and, and practice. A, um, and one of the practices I play with is, um, is this uh, reciprocal nyasa. Nyasa is you go around the body mm. touching the difference, but it has to be reciprocal. So if I've got a little thing with my, with my kidney, you play the, 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 the it's walking like a, like a Kabbalah path, walking the path between the heart with the ray of light to the kidney. And then when the heart establishes itself in the kidney, the kidney becomes the kidney of the heart. It becomes a heart, a heart thing, right? Mm. And it can reflect back. And so the body is woven from these paths that you walked, just like in Kabbalah, the paths that you have followed and everything becomes integrated, a heart field, an embodied heart field. This is where my sense is that we are moving. You know what? I think that maybe I can bring up this point in the next one anyway, because I was just going to ask about, you know, you're talking about like the skin and, and I, I just love that image about, you know, integrating all of the body, the kidney with the heart and all of that, that I just want to go further with that. And I think it will really play into the Rahu in the eighth more when you come together with someone and partner up, but then there's the kind of the more intimacy of the eighth house where it's literally means sex but it's also intimacy, emotional intimacy, and this kind of blending of two people. That is certainly what we're going to talk about next time when we talk about Rahu in the eighth, because we could certainly talk about it with Rahu in the seventh. It's the meeting of two, the two polarities. But that's the, it. But that's what you, Jung used to talk about, hmm. the union of opposites. This is the highest of alchemy, you know, the alchemical process of, of becoming, uh, of divide, and merge or separate and then merge again and, and un, unravel it all and then merge again. And it's, it goes on to infinity. And I, I know that humans or our consciousness goes from the highest source of all to the, the tiniest little bit of contraction. And, and we are all, and there are no barriers, there are no boundaries. There are, there are levels of, of frequency, but not death. Death isn't, death isn't a barrier. Nobody disappears because their body dies. They're, they are always eternally present, always. Because, and, and we come into form here to, to experience it and to make it real in, the, in, the, in this body of flesh, which is far more than a body of flesh because it's, it's holographic. But we want to experience it through the senses as well. But the whole thing is of a piece. It's not... It's not, yes, well, we live here for you know, 100 years and then we die and then, oh, it's not like that. It's a continuum. Time is only one little boundary. Space also. I mean, we've got things like, what is teleporting? What is time travel? What is it? Why have humans imagined this in stories? Or some people experience it. So all of these 
uh, that anything you can imagine is potentially real, anything. So again, hold that thought because you're again preempting the next talk, I think, <laughs> which is, yeah, you just naturally flow into the next house very naturally, <laughs> seamlessly, in fact, um, because Rahu in the eighth will certainly bring up some interesting conversations next time because Rahu right. in the eighth could show things like, um, you know, because the eighth house is, is sexuality. Well, yeah. they, in astrology, it's, it's said to be the house of sex and death. But instead of the word death, now we can maybe say the word transformation yes right because and it's that kind of transformative experience and the death you could say like experience of the orgasm for example yes in the sexual union although yes. orgasm yes. i suppose strictly is the 12th house but anyway what i'm saying is it's this kind of very transformative experience of the merging of two people and what comes from that yes and it's in fact actually the thing that sustains a relationship as well because it's not the sex part it's the intimacy part yes it's the making love part yes Right, and the, and the the deep deep surrender of the uh, of the of the personal ownership doesn't mean that you aren't there as an individual, but there's a deep surrender of that. Uh, now, but is there? Because when we talk about Rahu, of course, we can see that that could create problems in the eighth house because you'll see people who are or who can get a bit obsessed about always going through a process, and therefore, whether consciously or not bringing something up to process and then they're constantly going into therapies and and doing things that are intense well yeah but the thing is to move to the place where you are you you know that state that you're in and you are expressing from that state so you're not you don't have to go and therapize i'm in this state and you we, it's it's like you know water and then and then ice and, and well, ice and water and water vapor and steam and stuff it's all these different levels like the rainbow is a rainbow all these different frequencies or is it a thing you mm. know we don't we we are a continuum we are full spectrum it's like the more we talk about rahu and we are compartmentalizing rahu in all the different houses just to have a framework and this maps of consciousness right but at the same time like it is a continuum and our conversations are now for me blending into one i can't recall were we talking about rahu in the first or the second when we had that conversation or you know it, like obviously it is all a continuum you know i said to somebody today who asked me um, i was talking to somebody before i spoke to you and um, and she was wanting to know about my um, playing with vedic gods and theories and i said well i've got all these um, podcasts that i did with with gary o'toole the, the irish vedic astrologer i said you can and and i've forgotten where they were but anyway i'm, I'm telling you but the, the thing the thing is we um it's all of a piece and in order for us to look at it we have to separate out all the little bits and pieces time is this moment of embodiment but it all slowed down and spread out so we can taste each little bit so it's not a soup i remember when i was a child thinking where will i die i don't want to go back to being a soup that was really quite little when i was thinking about this and and um and yet if it's not all laid out and made into beautiful patterns things it, it is it can be just like a soup you don't see the colors and the details and and maybe in a different state of consciousness, we won't see the stars as separate points of light. Mm. It's just one blaze of light. But uh, there's something so delicious about seeing little bits and 
tasting a mm. bowl of fruit and they're different, you know, just... I love that analogy. And well, with that, I think it's a good place to leave it because let's right. let's leave it till the uh, next time when we talk about Rahu in the eighth and the next ingredient we're going to put into the soup. Sex. <laughs> Sex. Sex. That's going to be, that's, oh, oh, there you go. That's a nice hook line for people to want to tune in next time. Yes. We're talking yes. About all, all about, about sex. sex. <laughs> all you ever wanted to know and how to make sex into the most delicious doorway portal to everything. Because you can use sexual energy really clearly to bring something into form. When you learn how to master your sexual energy, you can actually use it to fuel what you want to bring into form. Oh, I look forward to that conversation. Yes. I'm... Fun. Thank you so much, Kishori, right, again, right. for joining me. I really enjoyed this again. It took me some places I didn't think we were going to go, but it always does. And it always is enlightening and enjoyable. And, and more than that, it's actually, it's, it's just very centering for me very yeah. calming and centering and and pleasurable too it's got to be all of that anyway thank you gary because i just love it so thank you to my guest today kishori for guiding us through the seventh house with rahu the illuminating dark lord which is how i'm going to refer to rahu from now on i think if you'd like to continue this conversation with either kishori or myself her website is magicmakeover.com that's magic with a k m-a-g-i-c-k hyphen makeover.com and my own website here is timelineastrology.com thank you so much for listening to this podcast all the way through hope you got something from it and until next time